There are many, many puzzling things about the Omer and the Svirasa Omer and the death of the students of Rabbi Akiva and the fact that it was reversed on Lagba Omer, which is the yard site of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. So we're going to try to put some things together um, and we'll start with the cryptic, almost mysterious, magic answer that the Maral gives about why the uh, students of Rabbi Akiva stopped dying on Lagba Omer, before we even talk about why they died, everybody knows but we're going to talk about it, the Maral says the following we know that the students of Rabbi Kiva died. Shelo nohagu kavod zebzeh. The gematria of kavod is thirty-two. So therefore, they died for thirty-two days. Shelo nohagu kavod, and after that was taken care of, on the thirty-third day, they were able to stop dying. Okay, I hope you realize that's magic. You're like what? That's hocus pocus. We're going to try to put some some meat onto that. Let's analyze all the problems that exist in this whole idea of Korban, korban Omer and Svirasa Omer. So maybe we'll start with the Psukim that introduce the Korban HaOmer. If you were paying attention, and you, know, you might have an excuse, um, but you should have no excuse now because we just read it last Shabbos. So... Um, it talks about the Chagim, the holidays, and it says, tells you the first, of course, the first of the holidays is Pesach. And after it introduces Pesach, Chodesh Arishon, Babasa, Chodesh Ben Arayim, Pesach, 15th is Yontif, you eat matzah for seven days, and you bring a korban at the, on the seventh day, right? Mikra Kodesh. So the Torah gives you the first day, the seventh day. Then after that, it says, "Kitavo el haaretz veuksartem ketsira havetem omer Right? And when do you do that? Lemacharas haShabbos on the second day of Pesach. Well, chronologically, we should have said, "Okay, here's the first day korban Pesach on the fourteenth. The fifteenth is Yontif. On the sixteenth is Kor- is Omer." And then on the seventh day of Pesach is Yontav. It doesn't do that. It finishes all of Pesach, and then it starts backwards and starts talking about the Korban HaOmer and Sfiras HaOmer. That's one problem. The other problem is that the main focus is on the Korban HaOmer. This is not the Parsha of Korbanos. This is the Parsha of Chagim. Korbanos is in Pinchas. So what is this doing here? That's the first problem. Next problem. Medrash. Forever, the mitzvah of the Omer should not be taken lightly. And then it's, we'll see in a minute the reasons why not, but you right away, you've been in Tishishiva long enough to know that the question that has to be asked when the, when the Medrash tells you don't take this mitzvah lightly, what was your default that you're going to take the mitzvah lightly? Why is this different than any other mitzvah? Right? It doesn't say, you know, don't take that mitzvah lightly. Why should I take this mitzvah lightly? 
And then now listen to the two reasons it gives not to take it lightly. Okay, so now when you had a default and it moves you off the default, you have to have a reason why the Chiddush is tr- more true than the default. Says the Medrash, Shal Yudei Mitzvah HaOmer, Zoha Avram Lirashas Eretz Kanan. It brings a proof text that's a little cryptic. We'll just say what the din is, that Avram Avinu merited the acquisition of Eretz Canaan, Eretz Yisrael, through the merit of the Omer. And the other one is, Le'olam alti mitzvah Omer Kala, Shal Yidei mitzvah HaOmer, Osa HaKodesh Borchu, Sholom Benish Ishto. God makes marital harmony between a husband and a wife through Omer. So this one we, we can understand the connection, because if you... Um, if you're uh, if you're aware the sota the, the wife suspected of adultery, part of her korban is barley. Now barley is a unique grain in the world of korbanos because all of the meal offerings, all of the korban minchas, all of the the, the the offerings that have a flour, they all come from wheat, with two exceptions. One is the korban of the sota, and the other is the korban of the omer. So the Korban Sota is there to get a husband and a wife back together by proving, hopefully, that this wife suspected of adultery did not commit adultery. So, so that Korban is marital harmony, and that somehow or other is supposed to connect to the Korban Omer, which is also brought from barley. Okay, that's what it says. So when we'll have to figure out what the default of taking the Korban Omer lightly was, we can then figure out what, what's the move off the default, why it should not be taken lightly. One of the things that we do after the Korban Omer is count 49 days, and it's all talked about as that's a preparation for Kabbalah Torah, for Shavuos. Why is, what's the connection between the Korban Omer, counting 49 days, and, and, and Matan Torah. And of course, the final overriding question is, Talmide Rabbi Akiva, lo nagu kavod zebezeh. So we're talking here about the Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva, learning in a yeshiva, and it wasn't, you know, like a yeshiva like ours with black hats and shrimals and kippots rugot and, and white shirts and colored shirts where you might say, oh, well, yeah, he, he, his is not, he's not right, he doesn't have it right. There were, you, there's one big yeshiva, they were all the same. They all had one unified hashkafa. What does it mean, lo nagu kavod What were they missing? What did they not do, especially when we're talking about Talmidei Rabbi Akiva, the hafta what were his students missing? What does it mean, lo nagu kavod So let's start with the Korban HaOmer. Why would Korban HaOmer be taken lightly? Because it's brought from barley. And barley is animal food. And when all the other Korbanos are wheat, which is human food, we could easily look down at barley. Well, this is only animal food. It's not as significant a Korban as all the other Korbanos. That's a very compelling default. But, so why am I, what's moving me off the default? We get Eretz Yisrael from, from the Omer, marital harmony from Omer, what's the connection? How do they, how do they connect? 
So let's shift back now to Talmidei Rabbi Akiva. Lo no'agu kavod What is the root of the word kavod? The root of the word kavod is kaved, heavy, gravitas. We give kavod to what we think is significant. And if you want to know why the movie stars get so much kavod and the baseball players get so much kavod and the multi-billionaires get so much kavod from people, it's because that's what people think is important. And therefore there is tremendous kavod giving in our community to Torah scholars because we think that Torah is significant. Kavod is what is significant about the individual. Well, what did Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim miss? Lo no'agu kavod They missed the true significance of their peers. What is that true significance? So let's go back now. I'm going to shift back to the Omer sacrifice, the barley sacrifice. What is the lesson that is being taught to us about in the Omer sacrifice? How does the Omer sacrifice you start end up with a wheat sacrifice? How do the Jews leave Egypt? They leave Mitzrayim and the mem tet sharetuma, the lowest level of depravity. How do they get to Tahar Sinai 49 days later? So what we have to do is we have to look below the surface and identify potential. Potential is always below the surface. And we look at barley as wheat, as animal food, we don't realize it has spiritual potential. That it has potential to be brought to the Mizbeach. We look at Eretz Yisrael and we see land. We see land, we see a society. It doesn't look like anything different. And we're missing the hidden potential. Potential is always below the surface. And one of the ills of our generation is that everything is on the surface. We look superficially at everything. And the Talmud Rabbi Akiva didn't see the potential of their peers. They looked on the surface. They saw great Torah scholars. But what lies below the surface? When we talk about true covet for another person. Ezehu mechubad, who is an honored person, who is a person who has gravitas, hamechabed esabrios. One who honors others. Now, you've heard that before, and it sounds very romantic, but on the surface it makes no sense. The honored person is one who receives honor from other people. It's a very nice thing to honor others, but what makes you mechubad, what makes you honored, what makes you significant, because you're honoring others. That's a problem. Well, as we in all of those Mishnayas about Ezehu, there's a Chiddush, which requires a proof text. Right? When it says, right, you need a proof text. Because if you go into the bank and say, I'd like a million dollar mortgage because I'm Samech Bechelki, they're going to throw you down the steps. So you need a proof text. The proof text won't help you in the bank, but it will help you conceptually. <laughs> so, Ezu Mechubar HaMechabed Esabrios, Shenemar, 
What's the proof text? Ki I will honor those who honor me and those who disrespect me will be light. light. Who's talking? God. So Hashem is talking and says, those who honor me, I will honor them. How, how is that a proof text to my thesis? I was expecting a person who is honored to be honored. He's mechubad. How does that proof text, the fact that God says, I will honor those who honor me, how does that prove that one who honors others is himself kava? So the Maral has a certain approach. I'm going to try to give it a little bit of a, of a different, different angle, but it's basically the root is the same. What is there about a human being that's truly worthy of kavod? What is the true significance? What is the true gravitas of every human being? Tzelem Elohim. He is, he's B'Tzelem Elohim. Well, if you acknowledge that in another person, you are Mechabed Esabrias. You're Mechabed other people. Again, Mechabed here with the true cover, not the false, what's called false cover, not the, the, the illusion, not the things that are really not significant. Being a super baseball player or being a movie star or being very rich, that's not real significance. The real significance of every human being is the Tzalem Elohim. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, those ki mechabde akabed, if you acknowledge and recognize me, then that makes you worthy of kavod, of significance. And a human being who acknowledges the real significance of another human being, his tzalem elokim, that makes him mechubad, honored, because he also has a tzalem elokim. So the real kavod of another person is not what's on the surface. It's hidden away. And that's really where we talk about potential. And when we look at somebody, and this is a problem in education with parents, and we always look on the surface, and what we have to always look at is the potential. There's always more there than what meets the eye. And the Talmud Rebbe Akiva didn't see potential. They saw what they saw. That's how I understand lo noagu So the Korban Omer is to teach me that even barley, animal food, has spiritual potential to get to the Mizbeach. Eretz Yisrael has spiritual potential, but if you look on the surface, it looks like a, a land, and before the Jews got here in the, in the late 19th century, it was a God-forsaken land, as Mark Twain wrote. It was a barren land. And you looked at it and you say it does have no potential. And now we look at it and we see it has agricultural potential and economic potential, but we're not looking below the surface. There's infinite spiritual potential there. And one of the problems of marital strife is that spouses look at each other on the surface and they don't look at potential. So the Chiddush of the Korban Omer is look below the surface. Don't look at, pot- look at potential. Now let's get to Reb Shimon Bar Yochai. So, we know the story of Rav He's running away from the Romans and he goes to hide in a cave with his son for 12 years. And he's there for 12 years. Let's read the Gomorrah. Where do I have the Gomorrah of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai? Come on. I don't want to say it outside, but I guess I'll have to. Yes. Okay. 
Azul Tashu bin Ma'arta, he went out, he hid in the cave, and there was a miracle, the, the water, the carob tree, and then Itvu, Itvu, Tresa Shani bin Ma'arta, he stayed there for 12 months, Elio comes and says, time to leave the cave. Okay, the, the, the decree is over, you can leave the cave. Nafku, they went out, he and his son. Chazu inshi de kakarve vizare. He saw people who were plowing and planting. Agricultural work. Omar, they said, or he said, Menichen chaye olam ve oskin bechaye shah. They are uh, leaving activities that have eternal value and they're involved in ephemeral activities. Agriculture is ephemeral. Torah is eternal. Why are they spending their time on ephemeral actions when they could be spending their time on eternal actions? And the result was everywhere that they gave their glance, their penetrating glance, it burned. They caused it to be destroyed. They were so critical with their vision. A heavenly voice comes out and says, well, I took you out of the cave, so you're going to destroy my world? Get back in the cave. They went in for the cave for another 12 months. And they came out after 12 months. And every place that Rabbi Elazar looked with that destructive vision, because that's what Rabbi Elazar was still seeing, Masi Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yachai fixed it. Well, this is really very mysterious. What was his problem after 12 years? He was on such a high spiritual level that when he saw the agricultural stuff, all he could see is the lost opportunity for Torah. So basically what we're saying to Rabbi Shimon bar hey, get real. This is the real world. You, you can't be on such a high spiritual level. So... I. I don't want to say this, but I would have sent him to Times Square or to Dizengoff. Get back into the real world. Sending him back into the cave for another 12 months? So that's the answer. Apparently, he needed to get to an even higher spiritual level to see the spiritual potential that exists in agricultural work. His son didn't see it, but Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yechai saw it. So he looked at agricultural work, which on the surface appears to be just ephemeral, and he realized, no, there is spiritual value in that. That's the power of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. Look below the surface, see the spiritual potential that exists. We have another Gemara about Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, just to, to round out the picture a little bit. It says Rav Shimon Bar Yochai in Sukkah, I have the ability to exonerate any all the the whole world, meaning every person in the world who is really I hope it's not a secret that we don't really live up to our potential, we mess up, we don't do things right, and therefore there's there should be um, a prosecution against us. Rabbi Shimon Bar-Yechai says, I'm going to be the defense attorney for every Jew under prosecution. Wow. What would make somebody do that? I mean, we're, used to th- we're always used to looking 
And what's wrong with somebody else? They're doing this wrong, and they're doing that wrong, and they're not doing this good, and not doing that good. And Rabbi Shimon is coming along and saying, I'm going to defend everybody for anything they did wrong. Well, the only way you could do that is seeing, defending it with potential. And there's another aspect. And this is where we're going to connect it to this whole week that we're in. This is the week in the Kabbalistic spheros. It's the week of Hod. Hod is it's a hard word to translate. It means majesty. It means some kind of glorification. It means, it's a contrast between Netzach, which is last week, that's Moshe Rabbeinu, and Hod, which is Aaron HaKohen. So Netzach is power. Netzach is din. Winning. What is Hod? What does it have to do with Aaron HaKohen? So what do we know about Aaron HaKohen? Well, the only thing Pirkei Avos tells us is that Aaron was an Oev Shalom, Rodev Shalom, Oev Esabrios, Bekarvan Latorah. Okay? He, he loved peace. Alright, Oev Shalom, he pursued peace. He loved people, and he was Makar people to Torah. The Mara asks a very simple question on that Mishnah. Where in the world do we see in our sources that Aaron was that? Aaron was the Kohen Godol. Where, where do we see that he was involved in, you know, social, social harmony? So, Says the Maharal, what is the Kohen Gadol's job? The Kohen Gadol's job is to connect the people to God. And anybody who pays attention to what the Kohen Gadol has to do, look at the Avod on Yom Kippur, and you'll see but just a representative one day. Kohen Gadol was very, very hard work. What would make somebody, what would motivate somebody to do that hard work to connect people to God? Says the Maharal, love of people. You have to care about the people. That's where Chazal understood that as a Kohen Godol, he had to be an Oheves Habrios. Oheves Habrios generates Ohev Shalom, Rodev Shalom, and Mekarvan Latorah, again, because he views it, he's interested in the welfare of every Jew, he cares about every Jew, and that's Hod, is not something that's on the surface, it's majesty that lies below the surface. That's the week of Aaron HaKohen. That's Reb Shimon Bar Yochai. He looks at a Jew and he doesn't see what's on the surface. He looks at the Jew and he sees the potential. And that's what Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim were missing. And that's Reb Shimon Bar Yochai is the tikkun of that. That's why Lag Omer, the, the Yorzad of Reb Shimon Bar Yochai, that's the tikkun of Talmidim Rabbi Akiva. And that explains a phenomenon that really is almost inexplicable. Um, tonight, tomorrow, the kever, the, the, the gravesite of Rabbi Shimon Yechai is going to be inundated with thousands and thousands of Jews. I don't want to mention what happened two years ago. There were so many people. But this has been going on for decades and decades and decades that on Lagba Omer, his gravesite is inundated with Jews, but not Haredi Jews and not religious Zionist Jews, but Jews of every stripe, the most Chiloni Jews on somehow or other, it's a magnet for everybody. The only explanation is because Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai had that love, that special love for every Jew. He saw the hidden spiritual potential in every Jew. Now let's go back to Svirat HaOmer. And 
why there are two sep- why the Torah finishes with Pesach and then shifts over to the Sphere of So Rabbi Yosher Ber talks about two kinds of systems of God's manifestation in the world. Pesach is supernatural miracles. God manifests himself in a supernatural way. That's one system. And we can relate to God like that. There isn't a lot of free choice in that system, but it's an unbelievable revelation. Miraculous revelation. But that only happens like one shot. How do we maintain a relationship with God in a physical, materialistic, unpredictable world? That's Korban HaOmer. We have to realize that we got to know that there's a natural world, that God is behind the nature. That's why the mitzvah of Omer didn't start till they got into Eretz Yisrael, where you've now got to start plowing and planting and confront nature with its unpredictability. In the desert, everything was predictable. But once they got into Eretz Yisrael, they're in the, in the natural system. And you've got to, that, the Korban Omer was saying, you've got to be able to connect to God in the natural system, which starts at a low level, and it's your job to raise it up to a higher level. And that's where Sfirat HaOmer comes in. The, the Jews are in the lowest level, Memtet Sharetum, the 49th depth of depravity. 49 days later, they're going to stand at Sinai. How does that happen? Well, they obviously, when they left Egypt, had to have the potential to get to Sinai. Otherwise, they can never be there. But potential needs to be unlocked. And we talk now about potential. But you got to know what your potential is. And sometimes people live in fantasy worlds about their potential also. But when you have a realistic assessment of your potential, you have to realize it's still only potential. If you remember your physics classes, there's poten- kinetic energy, potential energy. It has to be unlocked. How do you unlock potential? Well, you've got to work. Growth. One day at a time. There's no short circuits. There's no shortcuts to growth. But if you go every day, one day at a time, then each day you can unlock a little bit of that potential. You have to recognize the potential, and then you have to work day by day to unlock that potential. That's Firata Omer. Don't pretend that animal food is human food. But we have to look at it as potential and then work and strive to unlock the potential. When we interact in the physical world where God is hidden away, we have to work to see him below the surface. We have to see the potential that exists in the physical world, the spiritual potential that exists. And that, that's what that's what Sirat Omer is all about. Again, the representative of seeing that potential was Reb Shimon Bar Yochai. I think that the failure, a minor failure, but the failure to see potential and only look at the surface is represented by the Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva. And our job in this in the Omer period is to go day by day, unlock potential, realize that we can go from a low level to a very high level, but we have to have patience, we have to identify potential, and in our interactions with other people, we also have to see the potential that exists 
in every person and the potential that exists in every act that we're involved in on a daily basis.